Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Haley. And welcome to The The Cry Cry Club. Club. Welcome back, crybabies. I am back. This is Haley, and I am back for this week's episode of The Cry Club. So a couple of things before we get started on this week's episode. We are doing a no editing challenge on this episode. So if we are not quite as eloquent as usual, it's because usually we edit out all of our ums and likes and pauses. But this week we are a little short on time and also sick of editing. So we're doing a no edit challenge. We're making it fun, trying to make it fun to not be speedy. This feels like when I used to ask my brother to go grab me something from upstairs and I tried to make it fun by being like, and I'll time you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I did the same thing to my siblings too. Be like, go get this for me. They'd be like, no. And you're like, 10, nine. And then they would go off and sprint. Then they hit like six and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Then it's game over. Okay. So I see that we have a couple of housekeeping things on here. Also, can I just say that I'm very glad that Haley is back. Uh, last week's episode, I recorded two times. I spent two whole times trying to record that because it was so weird doing it by myself. So I'm glad that my better half is here. That's the only time that I will like that phrase is in my relationship with Haley, my better half. Okay, but here's the thing is that I feel like it was actually better while I, when I was gone. And I'm not saying that in like a self-depreciating kind of way. You just always say things like, Haley's the funny one on the pot. And that's so not true. I think that you are the entertaining one. And it was so much better when I wasn't there. I was no, like, oh my gosh, this podcast is like really good. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> when it was just you. Well, I felt like it was it was... It was missing something and that something was you. And I'm glad that you're back. Well, I think thanks for also making me feel good about myself. No, it it was really, really good. You did an amazing job. Give Tyler some love listeners. Let her know how much you loved her. Let her know she is the funny half of the podcast. Stop. How about we just are our own kind of funny. Then we don't have to be in competition. Um, Also, (laughs) I feel like, also, I feel like we need to mention that Haley participated in the 5k portion of a sprint triathlon this weekend and finished sixth without even really training. Wait, you just looked like you were going to correct me. Well, no, I did. I did finish sixth, but here's the thing. I don't know what happened, but I ran an extra mile of it. What? (laughs) Because I, there's like, it was like a 5k and a 10k and I was going to the sign. And for some reason, the sign was saying like duathlon turnaround point. And I'm an idiot and I didn't know that like for a duathlon, I guess it's a 5k or something. So I just kept running past the sign. And then like half a mile later, I was looking at like my phone that I was tracking my running on. And I was like, I ran way farther. So I turned around. So I ended up running for like almost four and a half miles and I still got sixth place. So I have never run that fast in my entire life. I looked at the times. If I hadn't run an extra mile, I would have gotten second place. I was running like a 750 mile. Are you joking me? No, 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 no. And here's the thing is that normally I wouldn't even bring this up because I wouldn't want it to sound braggy, but I want to freaking brag about this because I am like an 11 or 12 minute miler usually. 
I run really, really slow, like slow enough that someone could walk next to me. But for some reason, there was something in this race. I got really competitive or maybe it was my pride itching or hurting because I I was supposed to do a full triathlon and then on the drive there, I switched to just doing the run because I was not feeling well. And so anyways, I've never run that fast before. And so I do want to brag about that because I think that is the only time that will ever happen to me in my entire life. And in case you're wondering, I cannot walk down any stairs. It hurts so bad. So it's not worth the pain, but I do have a medal. Wow. I'm so proud of you. I had no idea about that. Good job. I know. I'm, I'm really hurting. That is such an accomplishment. Um, it does not shock me that your pride, uh, slash competitive nature might've kicked in and made that happen. Oh, copper's having a meltdown in the back. Hold on. Let me pause it really fast. Okay. Sorry. We had to take a quick, a quick copper, copper break. Now he's on camera and he looks stinking cute in his little leash vest. Yeah. He's looking pretty cute today. Okay. Do you want to jump into the housekeeping items? Yes. Although we can't talk about the first one. The first one that we were going to say is that Twilight extended editions are on Amazon Prime, except for they're not anymore, I don't think. What? They were when we made the outline, but I'm pretty sure they're not there anymore. At least that's what someone told me. So first housekeeping, Twilight extended editions may or may not be up on Amazon Prime. Amazing. (laughs) And I can confirm that. And I think that looks like the only housekeeping we have amazing all right do you want to jump into cries of the week i can go first if you want yeah go first um this week i rewatched high school musical one and it made me very emotional tearjerker yeah it's a a tearjerker right up there was schindler's list the titanic and high school (laughs) musical one (laughs) i can't tell you how many times i acted out that scene where gabriella is like it's funny when you find yourself that song i acted that out by myself in my room so many times especially the part where she's like on the wall looking at the troy bolton mural next to her you know i like acted that out so much in my room by myself but I I know exactly what you're talking about trying to be so quiet about it because I didn't want my siblings to hear me because they would absolutely eat me alive for something like that so I was like singing and really really quietly being like it's funny when you find yourself (laughs) (laughs) that is too good wait my other favorite part of that song is when she's on the stairs and she does a similar leaning back thing do you know what I'm talking about she leans up against the rail and puts her arm up it just looks so like sensual or something as a uh when I was 10 that seemed sensual so I just was like oh yeah Yeah, also Um, Vanessa Hudgens is just super hot so she could do anything and it would look good you know yeah that's a very good point Okay, my first cry of the week was that I found out I didn't get a job that I really wanted while I was at school teaching. So that was a bad time to check my email. I was looking for other jobs and I was pretty confident that I would get this one because I was called in for like several interviews and everything and then I didn't get it. And I felt like I couldn't cry because there were students there and that's the thing that made me cry. Like had I been at home and I found out I didn't get it, I probably wouldn't have cried. But the fact that there were people there and I was like, you cannot cry right now because there are kids here made me cry. And I had to um, go into my storage closet for a second and pretend to be rifling through some stuff so I could pull myself together before I went back out. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. 
my my cry has to do with not crying in front of people too. So I was someone said something that kind of hurt my feelings. It wasn't even really what they said. It was kind of the situation itself was upsetting. And then I felt really emotional. And then people kept coming up to me asking like, Hey, are you doing okay? And then that made me cry even harder, you know? So like, what's the right thing to do there? If you see someone that's emotional, you want to let them know you care. But also I feel like this happens to most people where if you feel emotional and someone asks how you are, it immediately makes it worse. Yeah. I think it has to be the right person asking how you are like maybe give them like a pat on the back and maybe instead of asking are you okay be like do you want to talk about anything mm-hmm. and that way they can just say no That's and then, you know they don't have to answer if they're okay right because clearly they're not okay yeah okay. obviously they're good. okay good advice good advice okay my second cry of the week was actually that i found a job so news i'm i'm leaving my teaching job and moving into a writing position so i'm so excited about this okay (laughs) i know i think i'm excited this is this is where the crying comes in it's complicated i didn't feel sad about it at all until i was telling my principal that i was leaving and i was giving my notice or whatever and then i started like crying telling him that i was leaving and I think it's because I have this image, me and Tyler were talking about this earlier, I have this image of what being a teacher is like, and again, it's so easy to romanticize, so I have this image of myself being a teacher, especially being an art teacher, and it's so romantic, you know, just doing arts and crafts with the kids, and like my classrooms, I made it so cute, you know, like all of this stuff, um, but then the reality of being in this job is just that I felt very panicked and anxious and stressed and exhausted the entire time I've been there. So reality versus expectations or ideas of what something should be like. Um, yeah. So I was crying because I was missing the idea. I was sad mm-hmm. about leaving the idea of what being a teacher is. But the reality of it is that it just isn't a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my that's not- last cry. Sounds like maybe there's just like kind of some grief tied up in there because for a long time you envisioned teaching and so that makes a lot of sense that there would have to be kind of a grieving process. Yeah, it is weird when maybe maybe we should do an episode on that too about like what you thought your life was going to be like versus what it is now or something like that where I just for so many years thought I was going to be this incredible teacher and thought it was my life's calling and then, you know one or two years into it, you're like, oh, oh no, like, what have I done? So right. I think our lives turn out very different than we think they will often. I think you're right. And I think it's good that you're, I don't know, I think it's nice that you're willing to talk about that and share that because I think most people feel like that. It's probably, I mean, not that that makes your experience any less painful, um, but sometimes it's comforting to know that you're like a part of humanity. I don't know in that way does that make sense yeah and for for the crybabies out there if any crybabies are having a hard time because your life isn't turning out exactly how you thought it would at this point um just know there's so much time that's something that I always find really hopeful is that like you have so much time to make your life what you want it to be I mean I'm 25 and I I felt like my life is over because I don't like the career that I chose based off my college degree but the thing is, is that you can be whatever you want at any point in your life. You can get new schooling. You can get a new position. You you really can just, you know, be 
be whatever you want to be. There's time. So don't, don't freak out. You know, it'll be okay. It's really good advice. Okay, let's get into the topic of this week's episode, people-pleasing, sharp right turn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So really quick, let's talk about why we people-please. And this is what the internet says. So I felt really called out by all of these. So the internet says poor self-esteem is the (laughs) the number one cause of people-pleasing. Like you don't value your own desires and needs and you need external validation. Like maybe... um, if you like the same thing that someone else likes, then they will think that you are cool or something. I feel like this is applicable for dating, especially like when you go on a first date and someone's like, I love this. And you're like, Oh my gosh, me too. Like, I think that Jacob thought I loved watching basketball while we were dating, you know, because here's the thing is that like he basketball, he lives for basketball. He loves it. And so while we were dating, I may have played up that part of my personality a little bit more than it is actually in reality. And it's not that I don't like watching basketball. Of all the sports, basketball is my favorite to watch. But I'm not like, I think he, I feel bad. I feel like he had this image of us watching all the games together. And there's like a game every day, every single day. There's like multiple games. So anyway. Uh, in, in multiple games a day in one yes. single day yeah mm-hmm. multiple and if you're fo- if you follow all the sports like he does it's too many sports yeah to follow maybe you and jacob should dress up um as basketball players for halloween you probably make his life <laughs> his mom wants us to dress up as um princess bride so buttercup oh. and but she she didn't want him to do wesley she wanted him to do What's his name? Indigo Montoya? Yeah, or yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Why would he be no. him? I know. I'm like, no. <laughs> if I'm Buttercup, you're Wesley. Wait, anyway. but, um, but I want you to be Lord of the Rings with us. Can yes, you do multiple I, costumes? Yes, there's multiple different settings where okay. we'll be different costumes. As long as you're not letting me down. Don't, don't, as um, <laughs> don't not please me. <laughs> as I'll long be as so disappointed. Terrible friend. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next one is avoiding conflict. So it's the idea that maybe you grew up in a house with really volatile, like parental relationships, like your parents fought a lot. And so in order to try to keep the peace, you tried to please them. And then I think along with this, uh, it can kind of be like a desire for control. Like if you grew up in an environment that was really out of control, then maybe if you can just control the way people perceive you, um, then it will establish some control back into high copper. It will establish some control back into your life. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, the next ones I'll just list really quickly. It's fear of rejection, fear of disappointing. You want to fit in with a crowd. You feel guilty saying no, or that you're a genuinely compassionate person which I think is a lovely positive spin on all of these other ones that seem really aggressive. Um, so your empathy can be an empathetic person and it can be taken to an unhealthy level when you're not concerned about taking care of yourself anymore. So if you're a little empathetic baby, just be empathetic for yourself too. include yourself in the empathy. Yes. I think the best thing that I have ever learned from therapy is that empathy is Empathy is self-sacrifice unless it has boundaries. 
Does that make sense? So like if yeah. you claim to be empathetic, but you don't have boundaries, really, you're just being self-sacrificing. Yeah. And that's, that's not healthy. That's, that'll leave you, I feel like with time, a very bitter shell of a person. Like, I feel like I see that maybe this is a tangent, but I feel like I see that in motherhood a lot where mm. moms just give and give and give and give to their kids until it's at this point where they don't have anything left to give. And then it creates this weird resentment between them and their kids. So like right. if they ever feel like their kids are ungrateful, it's this really easily triggered thing into being like, well, I've given everything to you. Do you not appreciate? Anyway, I see that like sometimes in toxic parental relationships mm. is like self-sacrifice taken too far. So right. I just think that like to remain a happy, stable person. Yeah. Don't, don't take empathy to the self-sacrificing level. Good thoughts. And also, I think I totally agree. That's very applicable. Um, Haley and I thought we could share a couple of our best or worst people pleasing stories with you guys. And so I'll, I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> when, when I, uh, a couple years ago, I decided I wanted to go to graduate school. Um, and it took me like a year after deciding that to get up the courage to actually apply. And <laughs> Then, so I applied to a couple different places to get my um, master's in social work. And one of the places was uh, USC. Okay. I was wondering if maybe I should leave out the name, <laughs> but okay. I also should mention that I have a fear of talking on the phone. I don't know what it is, but if it has to do with talking to anyone that I am not close to, I avoid being on the phone at all costs. So I'm at my great grandmother's house and I get a call from a number that I don't recognize. And I never pick up the phone when I don't recognize a number. But for some reason, I just had this like spurt of courage. I don't know, being around Oma makes me feel happy and good about myself. So I just, maybe I was feeling really confident and answered the phone. And it was a woman on the other end that says, hi, I'm an admissions counselor for USC. Is Tyler there? I was hoping to talk to him, to him. And I responded by saying, he is not here right now. <laughs> and he will have to call you back later. So I pretended for weeks that Tyler was a boy. And I dodged her calls or just every time I answered said he was not available. Um, because I didn't want to correct her and possibly hurt her feelings, which sounds ridiculous, but that was my gut reaction. My gut reaction was she's going to be so embarrassed that she thought I was a boy. And if I correct her, maybe she won't like me. And then she won't admit me to the school. Then I ended up getting admitted. And so she kept calling and <laughs> it was too expensive. So I didn't know how to be like, first off, I am a girl. Second, your school costs way too much money and I'm not going. So I just, I just didn't answer. And I sent their I, calls to my voicemail, which I didn't have set up. I just am so confused how they even like, how did you get admitted by saying that you were not Tyler? Like, how did you know. get Tyler admitted, whoever he was? <laughs> like, I have no idea. But man, he was a lucky chap. He was so lucky that I did that for him. Oh my gosh. That is that that is like one of my favorite people pleasing stories. It cracks me up. Thank um you. my first people pleasing story is just like 
it's a it's a compilation of the same event happening over and over and over again which is bad haircuts so i've gotten so many bad haircuts mostly whenever i get a bangs itch and then i get bangs bangs don't work on me they don't work and wh every time i think they will and they don't the first Uh time Hey, i saw I, a new girl i i got didn't, bangs I, I didn't think they were that bad the first time. They were okay, but they weren't they weren't great though. Yeah, they weren't great. You're talking about the curly bangs? Yeah. Those were the least those were the least bad bangs. Yeah. But even then it was a pain and I just end up pinning my hair back for six months until they grow out. But every single time I've gotten a bad haircut, they like take off that whatever it is, that black drape thing that's around your neck, Yeah. the haircutting drape. Yeah. which is should be illegal for how it makes you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror but That is a good they point. take that off and then i look at my hair and i just like feel this lump in my throat and this has happened to me like four or five times and i hate it and then they're like what do you think and instead of being like this actually isn't what i asked for because it never is i'm like oh my gosh i love it you are so talented thank you and then i tip outrageously high And I leave them a five-star review and it's, oh my gosh, I've never felt uglier than after a haircut. And then I just go home and I recut it myself. So there's, there's a people pleasing issue that I have consistently. Remember, remember when you got those other bangs cut and then you went to your family reunion right afterward? No, we can't. I have blocked that. <laughs> I've trauma blocked it. you trauma blocked it. Oh gosh, that's amazing. That now that's why I just go to great clips because I have really low expectations. So when it doesn't turn out how I wanted to, I'm like, mm, it's tracking, you know, like that, that was to be expected. That's why I let myself cut my own hair. Yeah. Which Low expectations. you're probably low expectations. Okay. So my next story, I'm just going to share one more. Um, soon after I got accepted to my undergraduate degree um, or my undergraduate like school of choice or whatever, I uh, got a call on one snowy day in December from a recruiter for the army. And they were wanting to talk to Tyler. They were hoping that he would be interested in joining the army again with the he. Uh, and when they heard that it was a girl, they quickly corrected themselves and they're like, oh, you're Tyler, whatever. Um, but then I think they felt bad and didn't want to come across as like being sexist or discriminatory against women. So then they were like, would you mind talking to us a little bit about, we have some great options for females in the army. <laughs> And so I went along with like a full on questionnaire. I did a full report on like my height and weight, my hobbies, my medical history uh, to see if I was a good fit. Uh, anyway, to see if I was a good fit for the military and I was not a good fit. I was not a good fit. I will never be a good fit. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't right. <laughs> What, you don't think you're a military gal that hard? No, Oh nope. my gosh. That would, That that would is not, so that would funny. not be good for me. Um, okay, my next people-pleasing story is from my babysitting years. So I started babysitting for other people when I was like 11, which at now seems so young to allow another person to watch your kids. They're literally an 11-year-old. They are a child themselves, but that was what... like the age that everyone started babysitting in my neighborhood growing up. So 
from age like 11 all the way until age like 15, probably 15 or 16. I, I, I just had such a problem with, I didn't want the parents to think that I was a slob or that I was taking advantage of their home because it was theirs. I was just a guest, right? So basically I would put all of the kids to bed and then I would clean their entire house from top to bottom, like thoroughly clean it, dusting, mopping, everything, which, you know, parents really liked. It was a little over the top, but that's just what my mom told me to do was to clean after the kids were in bed. But a lot of times it was like the parents would get home at like 10 or 11 or even midnight sometimes. And I put the kids to bed at like eight or whatever time. You were cleaning for three hours? No, because here's the thing. I'm a fast cleaner. I'm a really fast cleaner. I'm really good at it and I'm really fast at it. So I would be done in like an hour with cleaning usually. And then at that point, like even if the parents had told me that I could just turn on the TV and watch something till they got home, I never would. I would never turn on the TV and I didn't have a phone. So I would just sit on a couch and like stare at the wall and I would never eat anybody's food of like anyone I was babysitting either. So I was always like starving and I was just sitting there on the couch in the dark for like two to three hours. What the heck? At the end of babysitting, I had nothing to do, but for some reason the idea of them coming home and seeing me watching TV was too humiliating for me to handle. Like they would think I was a lazy butt or so. I don't even know, but I just wouldn't. And so I just was sitting there in the dark. At 11 years old, that's horrible. I know it actually is horrible. I'm, and I've talked to my sisters, maybe it was just, I'm not sure if it was something in the way we were raised, but they did the same thing. Really? They're in the dark for hours. Or like if you did watch TV and you heard the garage open, like this is when I was like 14 or 15, when I started actually doing it, you're watching TV, you hear the garage open. I would turn off the TV and pretend to be asleep. Because napping is more responsible than watching Say Yes to the Dress. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Because napping is better than being caught watching a television show. Amazing. That's incredible. Well, we have some amazing stories submitted by our listeners. Thank you so much for uh, doing that. It makes it really fun. And it makes our episodes really fun. And it makes my life really fun. I really enjoyed reading these. So without further ado, we will jump into some submitted stories. And I would like to read the first one um, because I want to do her pronunciation justice here. Okay. My husband and I were on our honeymoon in Europe. And on our last night in Paris, we went on a dinner cruise down La Seine. You're welcome. She wrote in the pronunciation, but I knew it already. Wow. Pat on my back. Okay. Uh, The Seine River. I speak French and my husband doesn't, so I was in charge of talking to everyone. On the cruise, there was a lady going around and taking everyone's pictures. We didn't really need her to because we took our own, but we were like, fine, sure. Well, later, she comes back around and shows us the pictures and asks if there were any that we like. They're all TBH super mediocre and nothing special, but I point to one so I don't hurt her feelings. She then tells me that I can buy it for 20 euros and then just stares at me. (laughs) I don't have the heart to tell her I really didn't want to pay for her not really great picture. So I told her I would buy it. My husband still makes fun of me for it. And to be honest, I don't blame him. That is a hard situation. I don't know how you say no to those people. 
I mean, the only thing, the only experience I have that can kind of relate to that is when you're playing Wii Ski and there's that person on the side of the mountain in the Wii Ski game who takes a photo of you. Do you know what I'm talking about? I was no. anxious. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> there's a video game on the Wii. <laughs> Did you ski where you just ski with your little me? And there's a guy who takes photos of you, but I'm pretty sure you have to like buy the photo of your me skiing with like real money. I could be lying about that, but my memory is that you had to buy it with real money. That is crazy. Well, what that reminds me, guy. (laughs) What that reminds me of is like every time you walk outside of Walmart and the Girl Scouts are selling their Girl Scout cookies and they want you to buy one, and you're just like, how do you say no to them? I hate that. I always take a pretend phone call and pretend like I don't notice them flagging me down like they're waving their arms like hey they're sending up smoke signals and I'm like wow this is an incredible phone call it's like those mall kiosk people that you have to just like not look at or have headphones and never go to the mall without headphones once I ended up buying a pair of like $50 hand warmers from a kiosk guy at a mall because I don't know how to say no (laughs) oh gosh well on that Oh, sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, keep going. I just was going to say on that note, the next one might be my favorite favorite story. Well, then you should just tell it. Oh, okay. Um, when The Greatest Showman first came out, I saw it and knew almost immediately that it wasn't my cup of tea. I love The Greatest Showman. So this is nothing against The Greatest Showman. Not hating on anyone who likes it. See, she's, you know, really understanding. It just feels like low-grade torture <laughs> having to sit through the full two-hour feature for me personally. Not hating when- on anyone, but it just literally is torture. Like, no hate if you like it, but you're <laughs> a masochist if you do. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, okay, but when I got asked to go see it in theaters three additional times... <laughs> By different friends, dates, etc. I said yes every time. That's eight full hours of the greatest showman that I sat through, tortured by almost every second because I was too uncomfortable to say no thank you. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. <laughs> I feel like this is how I ended up watching Insidious 18 times in high school in like one month. Oh this my like- gosh. Everyone was always watching that at a party. And at the time, I didn't even like scary movies. But you can't say no. I know, because then you'll be disappointing people and our fear of rejection kind of goes back to that. you're a wimp. Right. Who can't stand insidious. Right. Anyway, that's a good story. I am sorry for this person who endured eight hours. of Even for someone who likes The Greatest Showman, that's too many hours in a row like that's true that's too much that is too many hours okay um for people pleasing in parentheses actually this may be more of an embarrassing moment my mind went back to a time when i was probably 12 or 13 and babysitting for a a neighbor we will name rachel the children must have been asleep because i was by myself in the kitchen and noticed some doritos they looked good and i took some (laughs) and began munching the mom came through the door and i still had some in my hand for some reason my instinct said to hide them (laughs) this is so relatable i must have been embarrassed that i had helped myself and wanted to please the mom and not give the impression i was distracted with snacking 
I put my hand down on my leg with the chip still in it. I reported all was well with the children and kept my hand on my leg, which caused a sort of funny limp. Rachel asked if my leg was all right as I got to the door as fast as I could and assured her that all was well. Thinking back, I'm guessing she was probably puzzled, but hopefully still felt that I was a stellar babysitter. That's incredible. That is incredible. You would rather fake a a limp, a, a temporary, temporary like leg paralysis uh, than admit that you were eating Doritos. What does that say about babysitting culture? Like maybe we just need to do an episode on weird things you've done while you're babysitting. That is so funny to me for some reason, like the Doritos smashed against your leg and you know, those are like sticky too. So oh, what, yeah. like you get outside, you just like shake them off. Like, oh my gosh, that is so funny. And then it gets kind of like the, especially if they're the nacho cheese kind that have all the uh, powdered cheese on it. The second that makes contact with your skin, it like congeals. And you know, that was sticking all over her pants after that. Okay. So once at work, this lady was off on her counting of cash by 475. I don't know how it was off that bad. And I was too nervous to tell her. So I let her leave and then had to pay for it with my card for the order to clear the screen. Wow. You're, you're really nice. You're a really nice checker outer. Yeah. That, uh, that, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that might be one thing that I wouldn't have done. Cause I feel like with all these stories, I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally would do the same thing. I'm, I feel like I'm poor enough that I would have been like 475. No, ma'am. Excuse me. Like, <laughs> that's funny. I'm like the opposite when it comes to money. I'll do anything to have to avoid like working out money or talking about money or like making someone pay me money. Like one time in high school or middle school, we had to sell these like coupon books. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And my parents encouraged me, which is so weird because my parents were never encouraging of any kind of fundraiser. But for some reason, they really encouraged me to call some people like in our neighborhood and community. And to this day, I have never felt a panic as much as I felt calling people on the phone, well, that was, that's the first, you know, sign that having to call people on the phone, but calling people on the phone and then having to ask for their money, <gasps> man, I was a horrible human for doing that. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that with ours. It was, we sold cookie dough as soccer, as a soccer team. And it was, it was not even good cookie dough. So oh I gosh. felt really bad and it was so rude because like, not only did they did we have to go around and get everyone's address we also had to go deliver it once the cookie dough got here oh my <laughs> so gosh are you serious such a scam yes it was horrible anyway it was annoying and they got like we got like prizes for selling the most cookie dough but the prizes were really really dumb i don't even remember what they were because i never won but anyway I, f I feel that pain that's awful Okay, the next story says, when I was in high school, this girl I did not know super well from my church wanted me to be her partner at this ballroom dance thing she had going on. I knew I didn't want to do it, but I just have a hard time saying no. It seemed like it meant a lot to her. That's sweet. That's this empathy boy. So without saying no, but without committing to anything, I said something safe like, that sounds cool. I tried to get out of it multiple times after saying that, but she kept basically begging me to go with her, so I ended up going. It would have been fine, except literally everyone there had years of ballroom dance experience, and this girl was a very good dancer. 
I was so bad and so uncomfortable with how bad I was doing that I was ready to sign papers and deploy to Faluha. <laughs> Where's Faluha? <laughs> I don't know. I hope I even said that right because I pulled that pronunciation out of my butt. I didn't read ahead and practice like I normally would. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm just realizing the symbolism behind us doing this episode as a non-editing episode. Our episode on people-pleasing. Because normally we're so meticulous about editing because we're such people-pleasers and we can't stand to say a single word in the wrong place. But look at us. This is all a metaphor. It's all a metaphor. Wow. This is, you know, does it add to the metaphor that I'm sitting here thinking about all the things I want to edit out that I've already said already? Um, Yes, it does. And you're not allowed to edit them out. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, next story. Once I had been talking to this guy for a while and every now and then he would ask a question about one of my friends. At the time, I thought it was nothing until she texted me saying, guess who just asked me out? And it was him. She even knew how much I liked him and still said yes. I remember crying while texting her about how happy I was for her. Now cute they would be together. I would go out with them as a group, sometimes even third wheel. They broke up last month. I'm still friends with her. And I never told her how much her dating him hurt me because I should have been happy for her. And I should have been there for her. No, no, no. You you can also feel sad. And it sounds like you were there for her. Like, how, like you went on dates with them. How much more of being there are you supposed to be for her? Yeah, absolutely. Do not blame yourself for this. First off, I think it was a really cool move that you said. I mean, that you like gave them your blessing, basically, when you could have been like, actually, I really like him. And that would be really hard. I think it's really cool of you to, like, give your friend permission to date this. I mean, permission, you know, give your friend your your blessing to date this guy who you really liked. That was a cool move, and that's really hard. That being said, do not put yourself through the torture of spending time with them. You don't need to do that. You can yes. make an excuse, and they don't have to know why, you know, like, chances are it's not a soulmate connection, and they'll break up in a few months anyway. So don't put yourself through the ringer for nothing yes. i almost said for not i don't for know not. <laughs> don't put them through the don't put yourself through the ringer for I not should. put thyself no. through the ringer for not yeah <laughs> I, I i literally though went through that exact same thing in high school do you remember that in high school the boy well it was with the boy who was my first kiss ended up dating one of my best friends she had been my best friend since we were little and I was like still in love with him when they started dating and the thing is is that I feel like if they had not started dating I would have been able to get over him pretty quick but the fact that they are dating requite or um what's the word I'm looking for it creates this kind of unrequited Mm. drama Mm -hmm. that keeps your heart attached for longer than it needs to be that is a very good point. Oh, and I've <laughs> sorry, that just makes me sick to think about that. Anyway, it, okay, it didn't wait. matter. Like I did get I did get over it and everything. And again, I do think that there's something to be said for like, you know, that part of girl code that's like you can't ever date anyone that your friend has dated. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of a dumb mm-hmm. girl code thing. Like I said, I think it's a cool move that this listener, you know kind of gave their blessing but again you don't need to if it's hard on you to be around them don't be around them you You don't need to third wheel yourself put yourself first definitely do not third wheel it at all yeah that's asking for heartache 
but anyway I have I have one more story Haley before we um move on to talking about dealing with this that I forgot to put in the outline please share. is that is that okay please share it's it's another submission it's not for me okay but I read this one earlier and I forgot to I forgot to put it in she says I accidentally bumped into a stranger one time at the grocery store back home in Europe. Instead of saying sorry in my native language, I used English instead. The stranger started talking back in English, thinking I wasn't from there. For some reason, I felt bad saying that I was from town and kept the conversation going in English. It even went so far that when the stranger asked where I was from, I replied the USA, when in fact I grew up 10 minutes away from where the grocery store was. I really didn't want the stranger to feel embarrassed or dumb just because they started speaking English to me from the beginning. Oh my that one gosh. made me smile. Wait, where did it say, did I miss it? Where did this take place? She said in Europe. Okay, just somewhere in Europe. We don't know where yeah. though. Yeah. Okay. Well, what a, what a sweetheart. I, I know, know. I just told me to feel bad. I just thought that was so sweet that she's like just creating a whole new identity, so not as not to make this person person feel bad, even though she's like at her local grocery store grabbing some I don't know tampons or something. She's like, oh no, like um from a, across the pond. <laughs> I, I feel like I you would do. Oh, I feel like I'm using a lot of weird ac- British accents today, but maybe that's just because I wanted to tell everyone that we're going to England tomorrow. And yeah, we didn't uh, share that, huh? Yeah, it's very exciting. We're missing the Queen's funeral today, obviously, but we'll be there to pay our respects a couple days late. We are not going because the Queen passed away. Uh, although, I don't know, I was assuming that maybe people were doing that. Um but I would not be mad if we ran in to Meghan Markle or Kate Middleton. Is that her last name? Middleton. <laughs> I love both of them and I would like to be either of them. So wait, anyway. isn't isn't there like am I making this up? Isn't there like a feud between them? Can um like I don't Well, I don't know. That's why I'm just like really progressive and I just like everybody. Yeah, are you allowed? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um so I think that they're the media has talked a lot about how there's a feud between them and how there's like disrespect between the two. Um, and some of it say it's like race-based. Some of it say, be, some, of, some of it say, some of it say, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> some people say it's because of racial differences. Some people say it's because um, they like Harry, like, forsook his title or something I don't know I don't really know how it all works although I just did start watching the crown so I'll probably be an expert on the English monarchy here in a couple weeks so ask me in a couple weeks and I'll let you know okay we'll do we'll get we'll get back to this uh let's talk about how to deal with people people pleasing like our our advice tips tricks that sort of thing do you have anything you want to say first Ty um yes so I think the first thing I would say is just like the setting healthy boundaries, which we kind of talked about, is figuring out beforehand um, what it is that you're okay with so that when you're like in a moment where you're put on the spot, you have a way to say no. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when I was a kid and my parents were like, if you decide now not to drink alcohol, then in the moment <laughs> when people offer it to you, you'll be able to say no. So I was under this impression that people were going to be like coming up to me on the street, offering me alcohol here, <laughs> there, everywhere. Never happened. 
But if it had, I had a response for them, which was, no, I will not be drinking your alcohol. No, I am a pure daughter of God and my lips will never touch. (laughs) Never touch alcohol. alcohol. Um, But I think this, I think it really does help to like practice. If you're someone who, um, you know, always says yes to dates and wants to get better at being able to say, you know, turning people down, then practicing a good excuse to be like, hey, you know what, I'm not actually... Uh, interested in going on dates right now, or that's not going to work for me. And just figuring out how to say no without apologizing. Yeah. And kind of along that same lines, you don't have to make an excuse. Like I always think about that one quote that Phoebe and friends says where she's like, Oh, I would, but I don't want to like, I feel like that is the best excuse. You don't have to make up an excuse because sometimes that's where a lot of the panic comes in from saying no. You don't have to give anyone a reason. You can just be like, oh, that's such a kind offer. No, thank you, though. You know, like... I totally agree. You don't You don't need to give anyone a reason. You don't owe them anything. So just say no, and that's all. Um, and then I think my only other really quick little things are that being humble is not the same thing as hating yourself. Like whether you hate yourself too much or you think that you are the best, you know, that you are better than everyone else, either way, you're only concerned with yourself. And not that thinking you're the best person alive is an issue because I should, I do think that everyone should think that they're the best person alive. But when you're only ever thinking about yourself, it kind of makes for a pretty boring life and it makes it hard to be happy I don't know a way to say that but so there's that and then I would just say you're the main character that's such a big thing I feel like right now it's trendy to be like main character energy um but it really is true like don't act like a side character in your own life you know you're the main character be Kate Winslet in the holiday and make yourself the main character of your own life find yourself a Jack Black (laughs) (laughs) Jack Black. Something I never thought would ever be said. Right. Uh, Jack Black to her, though, is, you know, she she really does make us think that Jack Black is something else. I know. So I love Jack Black because of that movie. And kind of going along with what you're saying about being the main character in your life, like, I, until recently, had never really sat down and been like, what are my personal values? I think you grow up like being told all the time, like what your values should be, but I had never actually done for myself, like what are, what are my values? What matters to me? And then having those in mind makes it easier for me to be able to say no. So if, and I don't mean values like, um, like I'm not going to steal money. I mean like values, like, it's important for me to be able to have time to rest. So that makes it easier when people are asking you to do things and you feel like you're going to overexert yourself to be like, actually, you know what? I'm prioritizing resting right now. And so that's not something I can do. Or, um, I don't know, kind of just going back to the boundaries. You can't set boundaries if you don't know what kinds of boundaries you want to set. And you can only do that if you, you know, understand or know what your values are. Does that make sense? No, I, I think that that is such great advice. Yeah. Amen to that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our unedited episode of The Cry Club. A couple times I said the word seriously, and our dear friend, (laughs) S-I-R-I, whose name I will not say, thought I was talking to her. 
So you'll hear that pop up. Haley's not going to let me edit it. Uh, Copper decided he wanted to play fetch. You will not hear that edited. Uh, I ended up having to walk around the room to keep him entertained. Uh, you'll not have my huffing and puffing edited out either. So please no. enjoy. Unfiltered. Cry the cry club unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs> the, cl- the cry club um, revealed. What did the- Or exposed. That's what they exposed. say. Exposed. <laughs> the cry club exposed. Okay, well, rate, uh, give us a review, subscribe, show us some love on Instagram. Check out the cute graphic that Haley made for this episode. And we would not be mad if you shared it with your friends. Yeah. And if you are not a people pleaser and this episode does not apply to you in terms of something you can relate to, but you managed to make it this far anyway, if you know and love people pleasers in your life, something that will make the world of difference to them is if you ask them to do something, give them, sometimes you need to just give them permission to say no. Or after you leave a conversation with a people pleaser or something like that, you could be like, it was so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. You know, just give them reassurance, be patient and, you know, always, always love, always share the love with everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in, crybabies. We love you. Bye.